there are many UPGs are brought into our neighborhood, like the town Edison I have lived. There are so many Indians in my neighborhood, even on my street. But I never click to me is. I also need to share gospel to them instead of always. The eyes are focused on the Indians overseas in the 10:40 window in South Asia and waiting upon that opportunity. So that's the time that began to realize. Wow,、uh, even though the door to South Asia seems not open, but God already prepared me to live in Edison,、um, interact with so many Indians in my neighborhood. Welcome to the Let's Talk Diaspora podcast. We are on episode ten, and we are interviewing Jane Behan. Jane is with us from New Jersey, and we're going to get to hear Jane's story of being、uh, from the diaspora to then making disciples among the diaspora. Did I say that right, Rebecca? From the diaspora to among the diaspora. Um. Yeah, from the diaspora to among the diaspora. Yes, I think that's puts、um, Jane right where she is, where God has brought her. Awesome. So, welcome, sister.、Uh, we we want to hear from you. God has、uh, done an amazing thing in your life and through your life, and you've been such an encouragement to me. And、uh, so, Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for、uh, Bad and Rebecca、uh, for this opportunity to inviting me to share about、uh, my story, how God led me from China, and now to a full-time missionary among the Gujarati Hindu diasporas in U.S. Today is the Monday Thursday, right before the Good Friday, and it's such a good time to. Reflect upon God's grace upon my life journey.、Uh, I went to U.S. in the end of 1994, and then around this time in 1995, when I studied in Rutgers as a graduate student, my friends in the campus invited me、uh, to a local Chinese church in New Jersey. That's where I heard the gospel. The first time,、um, the story of Jesus Christ, especially his last word, cry out to the Father, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing, and that deeply touches me and moves me into unceasing tears.、Uh, that's the day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And and was baptized in 1995. So I am the first one in my family, and so far still the only one in my family that is a follower of Jesus Christ. By 2005,、uh, in a mission conference, I heard the missionary story of Gladys Elwood, an English woman who was obedient. To God's calling、uh, as a, a maid servant in England,、uh, but took a such a, a long journey and landed in China, and served there until、um, until she was buried in in Taiwan. 
and that story touches me deeply. Uh, start with the the file for、uh, cross cultural missions, and then through another journey until two thousand fifteen, when I graduated from Alliance Seminary School, I thought missionaries are all sent into the ten forty window among the the Hindu people that God calls me. But unfortunately, because my husband and my two children, they do not want to move,、um, and then start it with the interaction with global gays,、um, and then I realize I have been living in Edison of New Jersey since 1999, and half of the population of this town, which is、uh, more than 30 to 40 thousand、uh, of the population in this town. Are Indians with the esteemed Little India, Jane? That is that that is amazing.、Uh, I just I heard so much, and I I don't want us to lose any of those pieces.、Uh, can we can we go back? I just want to make sure I heard correctly, and you can you can confirm this. So you said that you came from China in 1994,、uh, and you. You were not a believer whenever you came to the United States, right? Right, right. I never heard the gospel. I never know about God. I never even know there is a book of Bible existing. Wow! And then it was in 1995. You're a student at Rutgers, and a friend invites you to a Chinese church, right? Right. So you you came. So we've talked about on the podcast how different people come in different ways. So you came initially as an international student, never heard the gospel before in your life, no believers in your family, and God saves you in 1995、uh, in a Chinese church.、Uh, you know, a diaspora people, you a diaspora as as yourself, and so God God was working in in your life for for decades, even before you came to faith. You coming to the United States was part of God's. God's plan, and that's just that's just amazing to to think about. And then one other thing that that you said、um, that was that was really、uh, captivating was it was two thousand five was when you you heard the story of、uh, the the lady who went to be a missionary in China, and, and you used a word, and that word was obedient. How how has that word impacted you in, in a sense of how God has called you to ministry? Because、uh, I, I think that that is something we could skip over, but I think it's something that characterizes the life of a faithful missionary is obedience. How how did that story and just that word obedience?、Um, how how has it guided your life and your service to the Lord Jesus? The 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 path I thought.、Uh... A successful Christian may bring lots of the impact or testimony to my family, but actually is not.、Uh, so by 2010, I I left、uh, the pharmaceutical、uh, job, which is a, a stable,、uh, which is、uh, can can win lots of the approval or applause from my family, from my friends. And chose a very uncertain or risky path、uh, to step on for the cross-cultural missions. 
So that's the the first step of the obedience. Is I don't know how God is going to lead you, but I trust that He calls me、uh, to really, really follow upon Him on every of the decision and the step、uh, for me.、Um, As a、um, intellectual Chinese family with、um, a very educated woman,、uh, to give up her career,、uh, start with、um, really、uh, a no fixed income and、uh, facing many rejections、uh, from my family, my friends,、uh, my classmates. So that's the first step to really test how much. Um, I would like to commit to the obedience to the God's calling. Wow! So what, what I what I heard, and Rebecca, maybe you can you can chime in. Obedience costs you stuff, right? You're saying how people rejected you, and、uh, maybe you can talk about because you said in twenty two thousand five is whenever you were really moved for missions. Two thousand ten, you quit your your job, and then then you mentioned earlier. 2015 is when you you started to open your eyes and see your city Edison, and you got started to get connected to a missions organization who had a vision very similar to what God was calling you to do. What was it like in those in between years? Because maybe some people listening are are in those in between years. Yes, that's what I'd like to hear because I I think you, I also heard you say that you were headed to the 1040 window. Um, so there was an obstacle even there, and some people could have stopped and said, "Okay, well then the Lord's not calling me to do this kind of work." But you didn't stop, so I'm interested to hear more of the story. Yeah, from 2005, after I received the first time for the cross cultural、uh, mission calling, I, I started to involve in shorter missions. So I started to involve in the short-term missions、uh, from my church from 2005、uh, until、uh, finally to、uh, give up my、uh, career path as a, a research scientist、uh, in the pharmaceutical. And then from 2011 to 2015、uh, is the time that、uh, respond to、uh, God's calling、uh, to start、uh, seminary school training. And then, for all those time, I thought missionaries are all moving to ten forty window. For me, my specific calling is for the Hindu people. So, which means I I need to move to South Asia, to India, to Nepal or Bangladesh,、uh, with my family. But unfortunately,、uh, my husband and my two children they don't want to move. Uh, or my children at that time,、uh, they are still、uh, junior high age. Uh, so that's why I stayed, and that's this another、uh, so-called a、uh, a big step of obedience. Is I don't know how come God calls me for mission, but、uh, I'm a married woman. Ah,、uh, is a wife and the mother, but my husband and my children, um, they don't share the same vision or the calling. And、um, is there something wrong with me as a married woman, not submissive to to husband's authority?、Um, my husband just feel、uh, teaching Sunday school in the church, serving inside the church. That's his calling. But how come、um, I feel calling is a step out of the four walls of the church building、uh, to share the gospel to the 
UPG groups. So that's uh, the time I I continue to seek and to wait until 2018. Um, Sarah Hui. Uh, at that time, she's already uh, a Global Gates missionary. She invited me to uh, lead the first uh, team from my church attending the Global Gates Safety Week training. And then I know about why even in U.S., there are many UPGs are brought into our neighborhood. Like the town Edison I have lived, there are so many Indians in my neighborhood, even on my street. But I never click to me is I also need to share gospel to them instead of always the eyes are focused on the Indians oversee in the 1040 window in South Asia and waiting upon that opportunity. So that's the time that I began to realize oh, uh, even though the door to South Asia seems not open, but God already prepared me to live in Edison since 1999 um, interact with so many Indians in my neighborhood. Wow. God has brought millions of unreached people groups to North America. But who are the people? Where do they live? What are they like? And how can they be reached with the gospel? What if there was a, a resource to answer those questions and more? There is. UPG North America was developed to be a voice to and a resource for the body of Christ. UPGNorthAmerica.com is an organizational neutral website where we have contributors from various individuals, churches, and organizations. And perhaps you have a part to play in contributing content, research, or your technical expertise to see all UPG communities seen, prayed for, and engaged with gospel workers. Go to UPGNorthAmerica.com for more information. I just see a, a clear, I just keep going back to your timeline. I've just been taking notes. It's so, it's so captivating of how God is just taking you step by step. And then one of the final things you said, it was a, a sifting week. And if, if you're listening, you're like, what's, what's a sifting week? You know, basically Jane, it's a, like an evangelistic campaign. People get together and they pray and they go out and share, you know, gospel resources, share the gospel. And was that in, in New York city? Right, in Queens, uh, by Global Gates. Yeah, so it was just all of these pieces where, where God was, one, stirring your heart for the unreached. He'd given you a heart for the Hindus. You wanted to go to the 1040 window, go to India. Uh, family circumstances didn't allow it. And I know for for me, my story is somewhat similar that in that time, I, I, I was kind of frustrated. Um, and I know that there are maybe people listening who think, diaspora ministries like second place like oh you're a second place missionary and what what i want people to hear is is that is not the case um there, there's no second place christians and so that means there's no second place christians we are all uh sons and daughters of the most high king and it is an honor to do whatever he calls us to but what we want to do is we want to be as we come back to that word obedient to that call and if that call is to stay and work with unreached people groups, God will use uh, you like he has used Jane, like he's used so many other people. But there, there's there's steps along the way and there's processes that God uses to grow us. Because Jane, has tell, tell us about the work among the Gujarati in Edison, because I imagine there's been challenges 
that make you want to quit, but it's what has happened the last, the two decades before then, God's faithfulness is, is uh, I- I'm sure something that's kept you um, encouraged, even in the midst of challenges. Tell, tell us about the work in Edison. So the uh, Gujarati, actually is the Hindu outreach start in 2018, um, <clears throat> uh, before I even uh, st- officially joined the Global Gates at the end of 2019. Uh, so the whole year, uh, <clears throat> so me as a sister without uh, really too much full endorsement uh, from any church. So I started a prayer group uh, in my house with only four or five sisters. We just gathered to pray for how God is going to uh, for us to share the gospel to our Hindu neighborhoods. Uh, so the whole year just pray, prayer work uh, until 2019 uh, started to uh, open up doors to this community called Hilltop. Uh, this is a very highly intense Indian community, about 10,000 people here, uh, 75% above are Gujaratis. Um, the most challenging um, first is the language and the cultural barriers. Even though uh, I started to learn Hindi uh, in 2019, at that time I was already 51 years old. Uh, most of mission organization they would not even accept any missionary above 40 years old. Is the concern of learning a new language? It is very challenging uh, for a middle-aged uh, person to start to learn a new language. The other is the culture. It's no matter what my face uh, will easily to tell I am not uh, from the South Asian culture. And, and also as a woman, it's uh, difficult to uh, interact, especially like across the gender. Um, the other uh, is the without too much of the uh, local Indian church's endorsement and support. Even in Edison, just in this, uh, we have uh, three Gujarati churches nearby, but none of these Gujarati churches really have a heart for outreach to their own people uh, from a Hindu background. They are still, most of their congregation, they are all from Christian families, uh, very rarely have a baptism, and they are very focused uh, inward uh, for the church. So the uh, partnership-wise from Gujarati, uh, Indian Christian brother and sisters are also very uh, difficult to, uh, sub- to identify. Jane, obedience is so clear in your story. Um, over and over. And I even as as you talk about challenges, I hear challenges that you you may not even mention as challenges. Um, I know as I've um, heard you share many times, just the challenge of your family, um, not really following or doing the same thing as you. Um, And then you talked about, you know, the local church, the Gujarati um, church, um, not joining in and your Um, language barriers, age barriers, um, women, being a woman, (laughs) being (laughs) married. But tell me a little more. I'm hearing, 
you started sharing a little bit about this, but what really kept you, what did, what did God just continue to say um, to you over and over again to continue um, in being obedient to him? Yeah, so that's the story. Uh, uh, one time I was uh, very frustrated and could not sleep well and just um, to a point or dispel to a point I would like to quit and God revealed me uh, <clears throat> the vision that he not work with him alone, but he was delighted by the Lord. And, and that's the time I prepared, even just myself left. Um, am I still willing to to follow upon his calling? Um, because the Gujarati um, in U.S. is close to a million as bad shells. Almost every gateway city has lots of the Gujarati population. But so far, there's really not too much attention focused on them. It's very difficult because they are um, very community-based. Um, the the belief for the Hindus, especially for the Gujaratis, they are um, in U.S. It's, it's a very unique, but uh, with very few people really f- realize or be aware of the leads of um, the outreach to them, uh, so that maybe just even a one church can be planted in New Jersey among the Gujarati. Hopefully, that can be exemplified to many Gujarati uh, diasporas uh, all over the world. I just was keep keep um, reminded by the Lord how important to uh, stand first to persevere among the Gujarati um, Hindu people rather than just um, quit in the middle. And you you continued through those challenges. Can you tell us some about how God's shown his faithfulness um, as he called you and led you and then um, can continuing to go through those challenges? Yeah, even though um, the obstacles or the challenges are huge, but God's grace is sufficient. Like the time I was very frustrated, almost even quit. And last the time is right before the Christmas. And that's the time that uh, even though I felt um, rejected or hurt, but um, the two leaders from my church, they are faithful, uh, taking on coordinating uh, for the Christmas outreach uh, in this community. Even though personal uh, style or way are very different, but they do. They do have a heart to respond to God's calling and see the lead of the the Gujarati people in this community. They remain in the darkness and see the urgency to share the gospel to them. And that will help for each of us whenever one is a little bit weak, then God using the body of Christ with the other to help each other. So that's we have been through many of these times. Sometimes I was heated, sometimes they were heated, but we are uh, render the love and the support, understanding the forgiveness and acceptance to each other so that the ministry not just can like sustain, but the ministry can thrive. Wow. So Jane, what what uh you know when, whenever we think about 
our faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. Um, I, th- I think of John, John 15, because really that's, that's like abiding. Our, our obedience is abiding and remaining in Jesus. And that passage in John 15 has, has been such a blessing to me. And, you know, it says for, for us to abide in his word, ask and we shall receive. We abide in, in his love and we, we keep his commandments or that's, that's obedience. And, and it says in that passage, and this is just what uh, so drives me. It says, and by this, the father is glorified. But what comes before that, it says that so that you may bear much fruit. And sometimes how we define fruit is is different, I believe, than how the Lord defines fruit. So not not asking you to tell us of the hundreds of baptisms that may or may not have happened, but what fruit have you seen the Lord bear in in the hilltop community among the Gujarati? So my ministry um, majority is in the um, Gujarati diasporas in U.S., but I also uh, involve uh, quite some overseas ministry in India, uh, Bangladesh. As you said, yes, uh, in South Asia, uh, the partnership we involve for the church planting movement is really successful. Uh, they have five to six generation of the house church were built upon thousands of people um, baptized almost every quarter, not just every year. And compared to them, uh, the hilltop uh, among the Gujarati diasporas in U.S. Uh, is really uh, bears almost invisible fruits compared to them. But um, with all those challenges and the obstacles, uh, in Hilltop, this is about um, our fifth year we have been here in Hilltop. We have shared the gospel to hundreds of people, in not just in this community. We shared the gospel in, among the Gujarati diaspora. Uh, we sent 20,000 uh, evangelical postcards to cover uh, the 100,000 Gujaratis in New Jersey based on the, the spiritual mapping. Um, the baptism is not a, a lot. Baptism, we, we let probably uh, close to uh, 30 some people um, believe in Christ. But during the pandemic situation, not everyone was followed upon. Uh, for the discipleship. The discipleship right now we are carrying on for one-to-one and uh, regularly for the Word of God study. Uh, it's still not a lot. Um, even though we do, we do have a weekly Masihi Sanstrom in this community here top every Saturday afternoon um, to worship, study the Word of God and the prayer in Hindi. Um, so it's still, I would say, still a long way to go for a house church to be planted, maybe by the work of the Holy Spirit, um, because nobody can limit the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe a house church can be planted next month or next year. Um, but uh, we also prepare maybe another five years. We still will not see uh, indigenous house church which means majority of the congregation are from Gujarati Hindu background and a church leader is rising up so that this church can be independently and started to multiply. Wow. So 
I, I still see it's a long way to go. Yeah, I think one one thing I I just want to pull pull out of what you were saying is oftentimes uh, people from North America are we we have become a microwave um, culture, meaning. Uh, if you use a microwave, you can put your you know, item in there in 30 seconds, it's warm. And if you cook it in the oven, it's 30 minutes. And and what you're saying is you're you're prepared for another five years to, to see this accomplished because this is what uh, the Lord has called you to. It's, it's highly um, strategic. And if we think about the work in India, we we have to trust that the, the fruit that is being Bared in India now is on the shoulders of faithful brothers and sisters who labored hard field for decades. And in the diaspora, sometimes we see the Holy Spirit moving away where we see, uh, you know, dozens of people coming to the kingdom at one time, but oftentimes it is hard work. And, and I think that's one thing we have to say is we, we have to approach this perspective as a, as a long game that we're not doing it for, uh, this sounds odd. We're not doing it for results. We're doing it to be faithful and trusting God for the results. And I think that that is what is is going to sustain uh, cross cultural workers in the diaspora. Is that that point of view? So I'm I'm just super encouraged. Rebecca, do you have any other questions? Because I want to give Jane an opportunity to recruit for Gujarati work. But before before I give her that that plug, uh, Rebecca, do you have any any final questions? Well, with that, I mean, that was kind of where my questions were headed is, you know, what would it take? Um, what what does um, what do you need from the body of Christ? Um, maybe it is workers, but maybe there's some other things that you need from the body of Christ that could get people more involved. Um, I'd love to hear that piece. My age in China is we can retire at age 55. So many of my classmates even retire at age 50. Uh, and my health is really not great. Uh, besides, I have a, a spine problem. So sitting or walking is really painful. And on top of that, I have a Sjogren disease, which means the autoimmune problems. That's why my eyes are very dry. Um, um, for me, I really don't know um, that, that this current of my uh, physical health how I'm able to, to carry out this much um, Gujarati diaspora work. But that's what I say, God is faithful. Uh, not only in, in Hilltop, this is a new immigrant community. There are many established Gujaratis uh, in, not just in Edison, in almost everywhere. Um, English is not a problem, and they, they work in American firms. Uh, so approaching them will be a little bit different or strategies because they they really do not have that much leads as the hilltop community are new immigrants. They still need to pass the citizenship test, they need to learn English. Uh, so as well as another group, which is the Indian students in college campus, and then as well as the social media. And these are all the things I could not right now, I could not reach by myself is in, at least right now. So if God's 
heart is really everyone to be saved, not even a single one to be perished. I fully believe that the the lead for、uh, the new generation, which is the Indian students, in college campus, in the youth, and、uh, the social media, these are really a very effectively.、Um, So-called platforms for evangelization among the Gujarati Hindu people, and that lead young people、uh, who are well trained on the、uh, medias、um, and also、uh, the age-wise very close、uh, to connect、uh, with the the Indian youth or college students. So the harvest is just really plentiful, but.、Um, God is sending and、uh, His workers, and for us, just learn to wait. We earnestly pray, and we wait upon how God is going to unfold His plan for the salvation among the Gujaratis. Wow, I want to I want to end our time just advocating for for the work as, as well, and and just just share a few、um, a few details about the Gujarati. So you may be listening, and you'll say, "Oh." oh Bud, Rebecca, Jane, I don't, I don't know where the Gujarati are. Well, we we have the research to show that they have significant thousands and thousands and thousands of people in at least thirty cities across North America, and so the likelihood is that they are near you. That's that's the first thing is, be, maybe you're like Jane and you've been living around them, you just didn't see them. We we want to help you see them. And then, as you see them, I want you to hear from Jane's story. It started the first year, her and some sisters praying. So we we want to help you see them that are close to you, and just start praying for them because this this is a spiritual battle.、Um, and then ultimately, we want to move just like Jane. Jane has given us such a good example. Then it moved to gospel proclamation. She said hundreds of Gujaratis have heard the gospel in Hilltop, but as Jane mentioned. There's about a million Gujaratis in North America, and a hundred, a couple hundred shares is not. We're not even touching, you know, the the tip of the iceberg. So we need more people、uh, to see, more people to pray, more people to go. And what I've seen in Jane is Jane is so open-handed with everything that she's learned. She's willing to equip、uh, new leaders and share resources. Uh, she's willing to give everything away for the sake of the kingdom, and I, I'm just super glad to to be、uh, a co-laborer alongside Jane in the diaspora. And if you want to learn more about the Gujarati or pray for the Gujarati, in the show notes, we'll, we will put a couple links、uh, for some resources that you can use、uh, to help sharing, but also to help praying, and also just to help see. Where they are. When we think of the the most significant unreached people groups in North America,、uh, Gujaratis are are on the top, not the very top, perhaps, but they are near the top of that list. One of the most strategic opportunities that God has given us, and we have to ask the question as the body of Christ in North America: How are we going to respond? Jane's、uh, testimony,、uh, which was informed by Gladys's testimony, is obedience. And so let us be obedient to the Lord, Rebecca. Any closing comments, or, or you can just close us out for our time today. 
Well, I'm excited to see Jane, as um, you talked about Gladys um, and her obedience, even from someone listening to this podcast, how God is going to work in their life um, regarding obedience to be about um, sharing Christ. And my prayer is that it will be even among the Gujarati. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, Jane, and thank you for your example of obedience. And we just give all praise to God just for how he's been working in and through your life. So thank you all for joining us for Let's Talk Diaspora. This season is sponsored by UPG North America. Go to upgnorthamerica.com for more information.